check, check. Mic check. Welcome, everybody. January 15th, 2015. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Presented by NVAP. We're live. It's noon. Pacific. In Las Vegas. Not far from the lines, Dan. And we thank you guys for listening. Nothing but straight up Supercross talk for the next hour. And taking your calls, 702-586-7857. Give us a call, whatever's on your mind, let's talk about it. Jason Thomas will join us, as well as Chase Stallo from RacerX. And uh, we're going to cover what we think we're going to see this week in Anaheim 2. Round 3, Monster Energy Supercross Series. Come on on up, round 3 out of 17. And uh, lots to talk about. We're going to give away a Tour Roller gear bag from Fly Racing. $100 value. You know, it's got the telescopic handles. It's got on wheels. It's big enough to throw in a small child and uh, take it to the races. We're going to give away one of those to a random caller. Of course, Fly Racing, their light hydrogen gear has revolutionized the world of lightweight racing apparel. Inspired by guys like Canard and Short, it has been fine-tuned over the past four years to set the standard in what riders expect out of racewear. Unlike other stuff that's on the market that's made uh, super lightweight, uh, these, this line of gear has kept all the premium features like zipper lock, 2D buckle system, and uh, watch out for your fly, favorite fly racing riders uh, at a supercross near you. Seems like some of the great guys uh, wearing fly right now, like Weston Pike and uh, Shorty and Kennard and Brayton are killing it right now. Um, and also uh, follow them on social media, at Fly Racing USA. Toyota, JGR, Yamaha, and Fab team with Barsha, Pike, and Nicoletti. And uh, we're proud to have NFAB on the, uh, on the uh, show, uh, n-fab.com. They make uh, step systems, light mounting solutions, bumpers, and more for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. I've got a set of, of steps on my Ridgeline. I couldn't be happier. So uh, thanks to the guys at NFAB. Uh, certainly uh, proud sponsors in the sport, supporting the sport. So if you need something for your Jeep, truck, or SUV, check them out. And uh, we, uh, we're happy to have those guys on there. All right, I'm Steve Mathis, of course, as usual. With me taking your calls uh, holding things down behind the scenes, he went to Phoenix and uh, yeah, saw his hero make a last uh, last few lap pass to uh, take uh, the final spot on the podium. The Titch Legendary. Hello, Stephen. The, the Titch Legendary. It's my first race in over two years. Pretty well, impressive, right? That you went to? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Why the absence? What happened? Jaded. Jaded. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, nah, what, I don't know. It's just convenient okay. watching it. The the live TV package is. Really good. What does your shirt say? Uh, big sack. It's a football thing that I know nothing about. That's super weird. Yeah. Anyway. What did you think of Phoenix? I actually thought the track was really great. I thought there was going to be a you little You thought the track was passing. great? I did. Okay. I, I liked it. Uh, way better than Anaheim 1, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was hoping there was going to be more passing. Obviously, it was still a little hard to pass, um, especially with Dungey trying to get around Pike. <laughs> Not happy about how long that took, but uh, I guess it right. happened in the end. So, you yeah, know, what do you do? Um, hard to know when Pike hurt his foot. Uh, yeah. what, what I would love to know, yeah, when did Pike hurt his foot? And you know, did it allow Dungey get by? I saw him right. getting a little tired before Dungey caught him, and uh, then I saw Pike completely give up once Dungey got him, right? Which makes me think that maybe he did his foot right there. I don't right. know, hard yeah. to say. That'd be very, very interesting to know. If you ask Pike, he'd say, Oh, I did it right. Yeah, it's the only reason, yeah, yeah. But maybe it is. Who knows? I don't it's know. Possible. I was looking forward to he that. He was riding great, he was for sure. He was what well, fly racing, too. Yeah, fly racing can't gear. Beat that. 
Uh, and you're going to A2 this weekend, too. Yeah. Look at you. You're a regular on this tour. I, I'm just – I'm going to start going every week now. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, 702-586-PULP. Uh, we're going to give away a Fly Racing uh, Moto Tour get bag uh, to somebody. Let's get right to the calls uh, before we get to uh, anybody else. This is Austin. Austin, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling the show. Thanks for having me. Um, I just had a quick question about uh, uh, James Stewart. Uh, you and Weege had said that you were a little surprised with how hard they're standing behind him. Um, yep. I was wondering if that was because, I mean, I see seven logos everywhere, all over the trailer, all over the team jackets. The yeah. Bikes. Yeah. Is he bought into that team similar to the L&M situation a few years ago? You know what? I don't really know. I don't think so, though. I think they just do that because they're just because Seven is making the casual wear and everything, you know? Right. Um, it's kind of like the TLD thing on Honda. I believe TLD's on the Honda bikes. They, su- yep. they supply, the, um, they supply the, the casual wear for the team. Um, I don't think James is bought into it, but, uh, yeah, there is Seven, on the, like you said, everywhere around, so. Right, yeah, that's why I was wondering. I thought maybe that was the case. But. No, I don't think I don't think it was one of those deals like it was at L&M. I think it's more like, hey, you make us the gear for our team, uh, clothes and whatever else, and uh, we'll put we'll put it on our bike. You know. Gotcha, gotcha. So. All right, man. Thanks for calling. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, and from Austin, let's go right into Chris. Chris, what's up, man? Thanks for calling the Fly Rates and Moto Sixty Show. What's going on, fellas? Not much. Are you going to A two this weekend? Dude, well, that's kind of what I'm calling. I'm actually riding around. I got my fly helmet rolling around the back of my truck right now. Oh, well, uh, uh, that's probably not a good idea. Me and my buddy's planning on going to both the Atlanta races, but these tracks are, like, ridiculous so far. Why? What's up? I mean, why? I don't know. Like, first one's simple. I got it. Make it nice and easy. Mm -hmm. Then, like, you look at the track map before the race, and the race comes out, and the track map's, like, the track's not even the same. Well, like this weekend, yeah. this weekend looks sweet. Like, looks right. like some really cool stuff in there. But who knows yeah. what they're going to come out with when they do? Um, I, I don't know how. I don't think it's totally different, Chris. I don't think it's you know like. It, but there are some things different every week for sure. Rare, rare is the race track that is exactly like the track map. I give you that. But there's Why? not. I guess there's... that's my question. Why is that? Because it, like last week, I had like three step on, step offs. This one looks phenomenal. Like some really cool stuff. Yeah, I think with the wall in there. I think they. Uh, there's a wall in there. Yeah, I yeah. Look, like you go out. Of I the, looked at it. Out of the, I didn't uh, see that. Ball, you go out of the whoops into the wall and then back into whoops, which looks awesome. Uh, you know why I didn't see that? Because I was looking at uh-huh. Oakland track map. Good job, <laughs> good, good job, Mathis. Get on it. Get um, on. Yeah, a two. Here we go. It's in front of me. Um, I saw. Yeah, it's got the over under, like really cool stuff. And yeah, you know, you guys keep talking about it, and me and my buddies are all talking about. It. We we literally haven't bought our tickets. We've been going for the last ten years together. We're not buying our tickets. Just because it's, I don't put something in it. It's cool. Put in like the the wall with the sand after it. I know you joke about the alligator traps and all that stuff, but the Joker Lane was awesome. There's so many cool things to be doing. It's just getting boring. Yeah, uh, I think what happens is uh, I talked to a Dirtworks guy one time about this. It's really like sometimes they'll be building it and they'll run out of dirt. You know, uh, um, they'll use more than they thought or whatever, and then they're like, "Hey, we got to cut this obstacle down," or, or you know, sometimes things on paper don't always translate into, uh, into real life. But um, th- you're right; there are a lot of things different. And I mean, if you listen to other stuff I've done, I've long said that we should try different things out on the tracks, and I think the the Dirtworks guys do a good job. But uh, like anything, they've been doing it a long, long time, and it wouldn't hurt to bring in somebody new, somebody with a fresh eye. You, know? you think it's them or it's the promoter that's like saying, well, hey, let's keep it easy." Yeah, yeah. I know the guys like it's just kind of rolling fast. They don't want all the technical stuff in their typically. I think, but the fans—that's what we want to see. I want to see the. You yeah. know, I remember a few years ago, Davey would hit the wall in Atlanta and just leaped across the stand. Everybody was getting stuck in. I mean, crowd yeah. went crazy. It was right? Awesome. No, I know. I hear you. The, the early ones are a little easier, but it go. You remember, remember the show Queer Eye for a Straight Guy? Do you remember that uh, show? No, I didn't see that one. It was on Bravo. But look, sure what did, I'm sure you watched it a lot. Oh, I did. No, I, it was fantastic. Okay. Here's what they did, though, Chris. Here's how, here's how you relate it. They took a dude who like just dresses all the time the same way for for you know for for a dozen years or whatever, and uh, and then these these gay guys came in and you know gay guys have an eye for fashion. So then they took the same dude and they just dressed him up like the way they thought they thought it would he should dress for his style slash character body type whatever, and then he was like a new man. So here's my point. Bring in some new track guys to look at the stadium differently, to look at tracks differently, and maybe we'll get, you know, have a queer eye for a track guy. 
and uh, and yeah. we'll, we'll see new track designs. I I just think I think the guys who build the tracks now they do a good job, but I'd love to see, like you said, um, some different obstacles and a different look at Supercross. You know, we saw why do triples? Why are triples sixty-seven feet? They were sixty-seven feet in two-stroke days. They're still sixty-seven yeah. feet. We have bikes that are way more powerful, way faster. Riders are better than ever, yet the triple remains the same distance. Why? And and on top of it, it's one of the easiest things out there. Why do we need two of them uh, at certain races like we had in Phoenix? And Jeremy was just saying the other day when you were interviewing him, he was saying that the bikes, that they're almost too fast for these tracks. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, look, yeah. you can't – you have to just build bigger stadiums. Like, you can't – the bikes are way too fast for almost anything you put on the track. But – why do triples have to be 67 feet? Why not make them 677 feet? Or, I mean, I understand there's the danger involved, but these guys, they could literally stop at the base of a triple and still clear 67 feet. Yeah, yeah. So, like, even you put a wall in there or sand or anything, it just kind of throws them off that rhythm. Yeah, no. It, it just makes it more exciting. Well, you got to be careful with sand. Sometimes sand just ends up being exactly the same thing in one corner, and the inside uh, like is last, the only way to go. Last weekend it was like that, or the weekend was one of the two. Yeah, the they Anaheim one. Railing through it. Yeah, Anaheim one actually had a couple of lines that guys could make a pass with. Um, but, uh, yeah. but you know, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, um, I want to try things up. I want to change things up. I want to get some new eyes uh, for the tracks, and, and maybe we, you know what, um, buy some more dirt. I know it's really expensive, but buy some dirt so you can make bigger obstacles, you know? <laughs> well, it's just disappointing because having two races in Atlanta this weekend, I mean, we were pumped the second we heard it, like, dude, we're going to both. And now we're all talking, like, dude, I don't even know if I'm going to one, man. Like, we've got a four-hour drive. And I'm like, each way, I'm like, I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, if this week, you know, and again, I'm not trying to sound like I'm threatening. I'm not going to the races because the track. No, no, I hear you. Fun. But I can sit on my couch and watch a race. I don't have to drive eight hours and spend all the money. Well, the TV so packages, the TV package is really good right now, and high def TVs, yeah, and everything. Like, yeah, I'm with you, man. It, uh, it's legit, you know. So, um, I, I I agree with a lot of what you said, Chris. I think there should be some new things done, some some thoughts, uh, new thoughts well, go into it. Hopefully, so. someone's. I know you always joke that no one listens, but I think a lot of people listen and. Maybe someone will start to find. No, Chris, no one listens to me like in power. Like nobody, like important, <laughs> like listens to me or thinks I know anything. So uh, I'm not going to disagree with that necessarily, but right. we we care. We love. You. All right, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Thanks All for right, calling. Man. All right, see you, Jason Thomas. What's happening? Do you think they need to change up track designers, track builders? As dirt works been with the guys too long chris our last caller just made some really good points about that and I, and I tend to agree with those guys are good guys but why are triples still 67 feet uh well they used to be 62 um As a, uh, i don't know i think uh still i don't know i think it's a it's a difficult task that those guys have in front of them to get all that dirt in there have a track bill i, I think it's you know it's an art form that they have dialed so i think that's a huge part of why Feld hasn't made a change is just because it's it's like a well, well-oiled machine. Uh, and they just don't want to screw with that. Um, but I, I do think that some fresh blood on maybe the designs right. would, would help right. and maybe the guys shaping it, you know, uh, they could switch around. But I think the crew itself, I think they do a great job of getting in and out and, and making sure everything's always uh, kind of running on time. I just think like uh... – well, we need more dirt. I've been yelling about that for years. It's very expensive. But uh, just a fresh eye at the design, you know. Uh, I agree with that. There was that show, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and they brought these gay guys in, and they dressed up a, a straight guy and gave him a whole new wardrobe and, a, in, a, in effect, a whole new life. Let's bring some guys that design tracks elsewhere in the world in or whatever and be like, hey, what do you want to do? Because we see that a lot of the same obstacles. Every every time and yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's tough too. You're talking about people's livelihood, you know. So well, I know. they're gonna they're gonna fight hard for that, you know. I'm aware. Um, if someone said, "Hey, let's bring in a new host for the Moto 60 show," I'd be angry. No, for sure. And, <laughs> and it's you know, I think, but I think there are ways to even if they didn't have to completely switch out groups because I just don't see that happening. I think that the relationship is pretty strong there. But I think that they could. They could get input from other people. You know, I like when they used to have their riders design tracks. Yeah, that uh, we, we actually saw some unique obstacles and different different things. Yeah, when they did that, absolutely. So I'm, not, I'm not sure why they got away from that, but I thought stuff like that was pretty cool. Um, I'd heard that it was the it was difficult to get the riders to do them and get them in on time <laughs> and all that. Sh- kind of stuff. Shocking, right? Right. <laughs> shocking. 
But uh, I, I do agree with your overall concept, though, as far as just getting some different give me, ideas. Give me – give us, the listeners, give us, like, your ultimate track. No, don't break everything down, but what do you love to see on a track? What would you do more of as a guy that's raced 600 main events? What kind of things would you build on a track? No whoops. <laughs> okay, all right. Start there. Okay, all right, perfect. So no bias in that at all, right? No, nope. <laughs> right. Do you still want the pad? Do you want uh, really, the pad? Do you really want... long start straight. <laughs> Do you want the pad of dirt still? Yeah. Like okay, just build up the, the pad. Now I think the ultimate track has a really long start straight mm-hmm. because I think that super long start straights are safer. And you see, I, I know that sounds crazy because everyone's going so fast, but I think they're safer because people, guys actually separate going mm-hmm. into the first turn. Yeah, there's actually some room to move around. When you have a short start straight, maybe you're going slower, sure, but everyone just goes in there, and, and everyone's so bunched up still that there's nowhere to go. And there's always pileups. So start there. Uh, obviously, left-hand first turn. Um, and then I, I liked technical tracks. I liked uh, rhythm sections where there were options. Uh, and, and you, it wasn't, you know, when you walked, you were looking at the beginning of the section on track walking, you're just like, okay, we're going to go two, three, three, done. You know, right. I, I like when there's, uh, maybe the same size obstacles, and you can really mix things up um, and get creative and, and make it tough, make it technical. The bikes are plenty fast, and the riders are plenty skilled mm-hmm. to to make you know raise the level of difficulty. You know, guys are getting hurt. I don't. It doesn't matter how easy you make the track. Guys yeah. are still going to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, it's just that's just how the sport works. So when when we see James Stewart or or, or Carmichael or, or the great Tim Ferry, even well, never mind that. Timmy never did that. But when you see obstacles where only the very best guys are going for it, and it and it and it helps them. It's a half a second or three tenths or whatever. To me, that's that's the best part of Supercross. That, oh, that's cool. That, that's, that's really cool. Right. And as a rider, you like to see that kind of stuff because it you know that you have the the opportunity to make up real time there. It's not mm-hmm. just this rat race of tenths of a second here and there. You know, yeah. there, there's real opportunities to to make a difference. And and if you're if you work on your skills and you work on your technique and are, and are willing to pull the trigger on some big sections, mm-hmm. it'll pay off. Uh, you know, there was a lot of guys that were almost the same speed as me, but I felt like I could out-jump them or I would do the big sections that the, the top guys were doing. And mm-hmm. then some of the guys that were – we would finish very closely every weekend. They just didn't do it. And that would be the difference, and I felt like that mm-hmm. was a huge advantage. But yeah. it was also – I mean, I, I was – it took a lot of courage, you know. Like, it, it wasn't fun to – bust out these huge sections but yeah. uh, the opportunity was there and I, and I don't see that really very often these days everyone kind of does the exact same thing from lap two on yeah no i agree it's funny that chris uh chris our caller chris called in and talked about that because one of the things i talked to you before the show was maybe to, to take a look at the track map and look at it and, and, and that's mm-hmm. what i did uh, we had f- we have 5180s we got a a whoop section this weekend kind of like that's it looks like it's bent in the straightaway you know right. a little bit i mean we got and we got the over under Yep. It's fantastic. Uh, yep. I, it looks like a good track. It looks like Anaheim 2 is going to provide all that kind of stuff that we just talked about. I don't know about the rhythms yet and what you said about separating them, but it does look like, to me, on paper, a, a markably better track than the first two rounds. It looked all right. Uh, I actually thought Phoenix was really technical. Yeah. Um, I thought it was tough. Uh, A1 was really easy and then a really tough one right behind it. Uh, but. A2, I don't know. It has some really fast sections, you know, around near the finish line. Yeah, that, you're going to be hauling uh, ass that whole time. And then, you know, time, coming yeah. up to the over-under, and that whole section, was it was pretty pretty basic. So I'm withholding judgment until uh, I see, you know, because you look at a track map, and it, it can look very simple, but if they just change the angles of the jumps, yeah. then it can make it very difficult. So I like the, it's really uh, tough to know what you're getting until you actually show up. I like this corner, the whoops with the little jump in the corner and then the whoops again, like it kind of mm-hmm. – you know, hopefully they're really long, you know, and it makes it tough. Um, you know, well, I guess we'll see. Um, there looks like there's a potential for a few quads, uh, but, again, it's hard to tell on the track map what guys want to do. Yeah, like, it's really, it, like I said, it's all about the size and the shape and, and all that stuff of how they, they finish the yeah. jumps. Uh, and the over-under is just terrific. It's just great to have that back. It's weird, though. It's, it's, I, yeah, I'm I don't guessing know. from looking at the map you're just going to do a little tabletop. Like you're not I don't know, gonna yeah. Like jump Are they going to put a kicker there? It doesn't look like there's enough room, so... Right. Yeah, I don't know. Or are they going to hit the over-under and triple? I, I don't think so. That's crazy. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, we've done some stuff like that. Where if we've had, like, over-under to a single before, mm-hmm. like it's pretty big. So, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think that'll happen, but 
Right. It's hard to say. Um, let's get into uh, Jason. He wants to talk about Justin Brayton, Fly Racing Zone, Justin Brayton. Uh, what's up, Jason? What's going on? Jason, you there? Yes, I am. Hey, uh, good show, guys. Thank you. Just wanted to know what your opinion was on uh, what's going on with him. Like, he looked really good. Um, I know you don't put a lot of stock in it, but that Red Bull straight rhythm thing, he looked really comfortable on the bike. And yeah. seems like he's kind of having – I don't know. I um, think he doesn't have it, and I figured, especially that Phoenix track, he would have done well there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like that uh, it, section is something you would have eaten up normally. Yeah, no, it's a good question. What do you think, JT? We're early, but with Brayton, usually early, he's pretty good in. So, um, what do you make yeah, of Justin? Yeah, well, I have some insight there. Um, you know, I can't get specific just because that's privileged info. But there's been some stuff going on behind the scenes as far as uh, them sorting out some bike settings and and uh, with the new bikes. So. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff, these guys are using prototype stuff because that bike's, you know, brand new, like literally brand new. So they're working out the bugs, and uh, I expect him to be quite a bit better here soon. Uh, just from the info I've been getting, they're, they're making some serious headway, um, getting him comfortable. So mm-hmm. I don't think what we've seen so far is really what we're going to see. I, I think it's, uh, it's going to get better really quickly. Oh, that that that'll be good because he's been a little underwhelming, no doubt for for JB. Yeah, and, and yeah. I completely agree, and that's why I went digging to kind of yeah. find out what the deal was, and and right. there certainly were, you know, some some real things that are that were going on, but I think they're going to be sorted out. We'll have to talk about that on our NFAB uh, Racer X Moto Fantasy podcast here coming up later today. Maybe Brayton's a good pick for this weekend. We shall talk about it. Yeah, there you go, Jason. Thanks for calling, man. All right, thanks. thanks. Good show. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Tyson, what's up, man? Thanks for calling the Fly Rates and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. What's happening? So my question is, uh, like, uh, right now we've got one of those seasons, barring that Tomac and Roxon don't run away with this, that mm-hmm. several riders can win a race. Um, looking back on, let's just say, a season like 2008 with, with it being pretty much just Reed, and Wyndham to where if Wyndham had a bad race and Reed would probably be like, ah, you know, with, with the cushion, does it make it easier or harder in a championship like this to win a championship when there's so many people who can win a race? Because let's say that, you know, Dungey has a bad race. Well, then you're going to have the next guy right behind you just chomping at your heels. So, I mean, is it, does it make it harder to have it be so competitive or easier to win a championship in this type of format? I think uh, it, it depends on your situation. Uh, it could go it could go different ways because for Ken Roxon, I think that it is easier because he generally puts himself in a good position and is generally going to be at the front most of the time. So that he, he's going to get consistently good points, and I think that helps him. Uh, conversely. A guy like Eli Tomac, from what we've seen, or, or Trey, from what we've seen thus far, and we have a small sample size. But if you do get a bad start, or if you do have a crash, the field is so much tougher to move through that you end up losing 10 points or 8 points or whatever versus the Ricky, you know, Chad, James era, where no matter what, even if they crashed, they were still going to get on the podium most likely. Uh, so it was really hard to put any points on someone, some real points. Uh, so, like I said, with Roxon, if he stays, you know, top three on the start, and, and we've seen that almost every time from him, uh, he, he as long as he hangs that up there, there's a great chance that he's going to put significant points into riders, um, you know, one out of every few weeks here. So consistency is the key. I, I believe I believe so more than ever. Uh, with with a deeper field, consistency becomes more and more important because it's it's tougher to maintain that consistency. All right, cool. Thanks, thanks, cool. Uh, thanks, Tyson. Appreciate it. Yep, see you. All right, thanks, uh, Chris. What's up, man? Hey, this is Chris. Sorry, I I don't know if I missed some with the show. Just calling in, but uh, you guys were talking about the BTO KTM team, mm-hmm. and uh, it just made me uh, question about tires. And I was wondering if JT maybe had some insight with the Pirelli tires um, versus the factory team with Dunlops and some of the settings not crossing over. And furthermore, um, just wondering about Chad in particular. I know it's his first Supercross rounds with Pirelli tires, and if that's maybe having some of the effect on him. Uh, well, to start off with, I I don't think it's much of an issue just from you know because Andrew is obviously maybe having his best year. You know, Phoenix he got a bad start, but Anaheim was probably his best race in, since he won Seattle in 2012. So 
I don't think it's been just a tire issue across the board for anyone. No, I, I don't. Um, and with Chad, I, I have been over there and I've heard lots of things going on and lots of uh, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, issues and stuff, but I haven't heard tires yet. That's one thing I haven't heard. You know, I he uh, got stuck behind Brayton last week. There's been a, a myriad of things that have contributed to his two tenth place finishes. Some his fault, some his, some not his fault. But I have not heard a tire complaint. So I'm not saying you know there isn't something to that, but I haven't heard that complaint coming out of guys. And, and generally, when doors are closed, you're going to hear anything they're not happy about if things are going poorly. So. Okay, well, that's good to hear. I know it's nice to see that it's not just all Dunlop and there's a lot more guys on the Pirellis this year. So I, think the per- cool. I think from talking to guys on my end, um, they've come a long way. And, you know, one of the hardest things to, for these tire guys to do is build uh, front tires that work in Southern California, um, especially at night when the moisture comes up on the hard pack. Yeah. And we've seen okay. guys on Pirellis win heat races. And, uh, um, yeah, they've definitely come a long way. I don't I don't think the Pirelli's an issue. I, don't, I think it's on par. With Dunlops, uh, maybe maybe some Pirellis are better than Dunlops, and maybe some Dunlops are better in Pirellis in certain situations. But uh, to me, from everything I gather from talking to guys that have ridden them both, it's it's a real toss up. So, oh, well, and, and don't forget that Pirelli went out and hired Doug Chapinski, which he was the you know the guy with Bridgestone for all those years of winning. So you know okay. he's obviously not the engineer building tires, but he he also knows what Bridgestone's level was uh, and the performance that they were getting out of tires. And those guys trust him. Chad was a Bridgestone guy forever. He, they trust what you know the choices that Doug is going to make for them. So I think that that has been a part of their you know the bridging the gap or or you know whatever position that they're in if they're ahead of Dunlop or even or whatever the situation is. I think that them going out and and hiring a guy like Doug who let's be honest he has a ton of titles with Bridgestone uh, was a pretty pretty positive move. Yeah. Hey, uh, okay. Chris, you want to you wanna win a fly race in Moto Tour gear bag? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, you had a good question about Pirelli, so we appreciate the call-in. And uh, you, win the, uh, you win it, man. So stay on hold. Uh, Tits, Tits, Legend- Tits Legendary will get your information. All right. So great, thanks. Great show, guys. Thank you. Moto Fly, Moto Tour gear bag, JT. We just gave that thing away. I like it. It's got one of those handles on it. It's got wheels. Throw a Duh. small child in. <laughs> uh, Cody, what's up, man? Hey, do we see our buddy Nick Way get into the main event this weekend? You got to think so. I mean, he's missed it by one two weekends in a row. Yeah, and right. The guys qualified for 171 main events, so the odds are the odds are with him. Yeah, put it that way. Gotta hope so. Him in the seven deuce deuce as well. Yeah, let's hope so, man. No doubt, a couple of great guys. So yeah, I hope it works out. All right, guys, so, have a good show. Thank you, appreciate yeah, it, man. All right, hey, JT, so let's get into a little more bench racing here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. We talked about the track. I think it's going to be all right. Um, you're going to withhold judgment. Um, I think it's okay. I, I thought Phoenix was, was good. I thought the, the whoops were tough and the, the, you know, the triples out of the turns were tough, and I kind of liked it. Like, there was some uniqueness to it with all the switchbacks and bull berms. It was, it was okay. So, it was okay. We'll see. I, I don't know. I, I didn't get the same feel from looking at the Anaheim 2 track map, but, hey, okay. I've been wrong before. Yeah, yeah, yeah good point, right? Um, hey, um, do you think that we're in for a uh, Tomac Roxon show here? Or, or you're, you're thinking Trey can get in there? And, uh, yeah, Dunge, I do. Yeah. I, hmm. I, I do think that there will be cert, there certainly will be weekends like we just saw in Phoenix. They both of those guys are incredible, but I do think Trey can go with them. I, I absolutely do. I think he will have no problem going with them. You know, whether he wins the race or not, he will mm-hmm. be in that mix. Yeah. Um, I, I think Dungey. I realistically think if Dungey had gotten around Pike or Pike hadn't got around Dungey the first lap, and and Dungey was free to go his own pace and not lock in on Pike, which he, he always does. Uh, I, th- I really think he could have made a run at Roxon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just watching the end of the race and watching how aggressive Dungey was when he could see Roxon, I think he, he wouldn't, he would have got up there. So I think Dungey will be in there. And I still think Chad has something to say about all this. You know, it obviously hasn't looked great for him thus far, but his heat race, he was on the pace. I felt like, uh, he looked really aggressive I just still think he'll he's going to make some noise for the, all this thing said and done. Mm-hmm. And and realistically, I think Millsaps too. He didn't have his greatest race at Phoenix. Right. He started fourth or fifth, and I, I really thought he was going to make a run. And and Dungey and Pike pulled away. 
mm-hmm. basically. But to write off Millsaps, I think, is, is not a smart move because he's going to get a good start. He's going to hole shot one of these things, and we've all seen what he can do with that. So I think it's a way to make assumptions that it's going to be a, a two-man show because I, I just don't see that playing out. 702-586-PULP. Uh, 702-586-7857 here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Fly racing gear, light hydrogen stuff, some of the best and uh, lightest weight stuff out there without sacrificing uh, some of its uh, premium features like zipper lock, 2D buckle system. Short, Canard, Brayton, Weimer, or Weimer, uh, Short, Brayton, Pike. Uh, I got Weimer on the brain. I can get him some if he wants it. Yeah, let's, let's work into it. Uh, they all wear Fly Racing. Follow them at social media at Fly Racing USA. And, of course, the JGR and Fab Toyota uh, Yamaha team with Pike and Barsha and uh, Nicoletti. Step systems and light mounting solutions to bumpers and Jeep gear. And Fab has your Jeep truck or SUV covered. N-Fab.com. So getting on to Weimer, uh, pretty much a surprise in the series. Uh, ninth place um, in the points. Cowie doesn't sound like they're going to fill in, fill in uh, anybody over there, so he's going to be on that team tether for a while on the Kawasaki thing. Says the only works parts he has are wheels, and mm-hmm. um, I mean he's he's been good, JT, huh? Like it's a nice. He little has been, and, and I do agree with you. It's been a surprise, but I feel like we shouldn't be too surprised because he did. He has had a rough go of it lately, but we're also talking about a. You know, a 250 champion who came in and was getting podiums in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, which is not that long ago. Um, so, yeah, he's been good, but this is kind of what I feel like he should have been doing the past couple of years. Maybe he hasn't been, but mm-hmm. this is kind of the Jake Weimer that I think should be. I even could see him doing better than he is now based off of what we expected coming, you know, as he moved right. up from the 250 class. Are we at a point where we have to pencil Jason Anderson? You know, in for top five, six, almost every race. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, he's good. That's a glaring oversight for me to leave him out of that uh, conversation a minute ago. Yeah, because he's been fantastic. He has been. Uh, the f- the first race was, you know, I think everyone was kind of like, "Well, is that really Jason Anderson to just get a good start?" But then the way he moved through the pack at Phoenix, uh, that was a big statement to me because it just kind of proved that he's for real and he doesn't have to be up there and out of trouble on the start. He can pass you know, legendary guys and move forward. So uh, he's he's much better than I anticipated. I'll give him that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been good. It's been it's been a nice uh, nice uh, uh, debut for Anderson so far. So hey, Pike, what do we know about Fly Racing Zone Weston Pike surgery screw trying to race this weekend? Yep, that's uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, it's going to be a pain tolerance type thing, right? And um, we we all know he's a pretty tough guy. So yeah, I can tell you if there's a way for him to be out there, if it's if it's physically possible, then mm-hmm. we'll see him out there. Uh, just, the quite real question is, in what capacity? You know, how yeah. how hard can he ride? Uh, will the pain affect you know his performance? That that remains to be seen. What so. a heart! What a heartbreak! Because what a what a ride! Amazing. Yeah, but I don't think all is lost. You know, the injury is yeah. not a huge deal. You know, I think if this oh, weekend, it's, oh okay, so screw in your foot, not a huge deal. Tits, did you hear that? Well, I, I mean, I think no if it's a huge deal. deal, then no one's going to let you even try to attempt to race no, a few days later. I'm kidding. I'm kidding a so. little bit. No, it's uh, yeah, it's a small bone, right? So yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, even if this weekend doesn't go great, you know, within a, a couple weeks he'll be fine. He's not going right. to lose any momentum, or yep. you know, he's not going to lose any speed or anything like that in a couple weeks. So We've, I don't uh, think it's a huge deal. I just think it's it opened his eyes to what he's capable of, which, you know, that's just a positive. We've covered Dean Wilson, qualified fifth first round, third the, the last week, and has been struggling. Uh, he's battling arm pump, um, or, or maybe just fatigue, I don't really know, I haven't talked to him, but it's not been good for Dean Wilson. But one guy that's been struggling, that hasn't even shown speed, really, in qualifying or, or heat races or anything, is Josh Grant on the Team 2-2. What do you see from him? Uh, it's, uh, uh, he's not, I mean, he's not on Wilson's level anymore. But he's not this bad. Well, yeah, and, and we have to give Jason Wygant credit here because we just been on this bandwagon of Josh Grant has not been good at Supercross. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and that's we're just seeing more of that. Um, you know, Josh Grant, I think, set himself up for high expectations when he won in two thousand nine at A one, and but that just hasn't been the Josh Grant we've seen. You know, mm-hmm. his, if he's shown any flashes of speed. Lately, it's been once we move outside the supercross thing. I don't, I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's uh, he actually has 
does this on purpose, but he just doesn't have that. He doesn't hang it out like what made him Josh Grant. Yeah. That was what made him valuable and made him attractive for teams and and uh, team managers. And I I haven't seen that. I'm not sure if, if maybe I just don't pay close enough attention. He does some you know really cool uh, flashy things out there, but he. I know he's not going through the motions. That's not fair because he's going. Re- he's still going really fast. Right. It's just not what I've grown accustomed yeah. to seeing out of out of him. Yeah, he's better than what he's shown. You know, he's. Not, I, well, I feel yeah. like he could he could definitely go faster than he's going, but maybe he feels that he's going to crash and he doesn't yeah. want to. He wants to actually put seasons in, so right. it, it's hard to know what his if it's a subconscious thing or if it's actually a, mm-hmm. a decision he's made. All right, let's get to the lines again. Brandon, you want to talk about Justin Barsha? Yeah, I'm just curious what you guys think. I, I'm i not really a fan, but I, I've been just kind of looking at the lap charts. I'm fairly into fantasy moto, and it looks to me like he's made more passes this year or gained more positions through the race than anyone else. Uh, yeah, probably. Is, uh, is he maybe a little bit faster than his results would would? imply what do you think and who was the writer sorry i missed the first very barsha 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 um i think that you know the the second weekend for sure it's a little misleading because he was dead last you know he blew the start and then he crashed so i mean dead dead last the first weekend his first half of the main event was not good he was floundering around getting past but then he kind of got it together and moved forward past some guys Got Pike the last lap, uh, so it wasn't wasn't too bad actually. He was his lap times were good at the end, and then this weekend, like I said, he was very, he was last um, in eleventh place. He 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 rode better than that. If he had started tenth, he would have moved up. So it hasn't been good. I don't think anyone's excited about the first two races for Justin Barsha, but I I would agree with you that it's a little misleading, and he's probably ridden better than those results show. There you have it. All right. Thanks, Ben. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's been people on my uh, timeline are panicking about Barsha. He, he's been okay. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's not, I, I could understand yeah. the, that tendency there, but I think it's a little premature because we haven't really seen him get anywhere near the front. The only time we saw him at the front was, was A1 heat race, and it wasn't good. But right, I mean right. that's it. The, the one, the first race heat race of the year or whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? If he starts, if he starts this weekend in the top five in the main event and goes backwards, yeah, break out the button. <laughs> All right, take it from Dean and then break yep. it. Break well, it out. you might you have to spray spray the field with the button. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, hey, your twenty, your friend, the twenty two, may needs uh <laughs> may need that button soon. Yeah, there's a lot of panic about to be sprayed if uh, <laughs> some things don't turn around for a few guys. Yeah, uh, Trey Kennard on off Phoenix. Did you talk to him or anybody and any of his people? Uh, what was kind of going on with that? I did not, but I know he got a, a horrible start, mm-hmm. and he actually moved forward, but just probably not at the pace he would like to have. Yeah, well, uh, Anderson passed was, him, so, you know. What's that? Anderson passed him. And, yeah, no, and, and it wasn't it wasn't a stellar ride, but right. he, he did move forward. He did move backwards. It just wasn't, yeah. I think, where he wanted to end up. Not too many riders in the field out there capable of straight-up passing Trey Kennard, so when one does, you're like, oh, okay. All Very right. true. You know, Very so, um, all right, JT. Well, hey, uh, the uh, BTO Sports uh, – uh, VIP program running strong. Oh, you're not going to be there. I just I realized. I will not that. be there. We have our national sales That's meeting. That's right. No this JT Saturday, this so. weekend. What's oh, that? No JT this weekend. No, no. I will, be, uh, I will be watching from home. What's that, Tits? I said, how about a boot update? Is that out yet? I thought it was supposed to be like the 15th. Well, what is with you in the boots? I just want to know, man. Where are they made? Who's made? Who's distributing yeah. them? Uh, what's I, the I'm, textile leather count? I have, I have a curious <laughs> mind. Well, there has been no information released yet. <laughs> Great. But if you want, if you would like to see them, the 722 is wearing them. Yes, he is actually wearing them. We just haven't released uh, right. all the all the pertinent information tits yet. But back, it's coming. Tits back soon. off on this boot stuff. Just pushing JT. I refuse. He just pushes I'm JT. I'm aware. <laughs> I've answered the emails. <laughs> All right, Jason Thomas, uh, Fly Racing Zone. Jason Thomas, thanks for coming on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by Infab. And uh, enjoy the couch this weekend. Yeah. Who's coming on next? Chase Stallo. Oh, media darling. Media darling, Chase Stallo. All right, have a good show, All guys. All right, see you, man. And, uh, and with that, let's move, on, let's move on to our next guy to talk a little bit. 250s, media darling, Chase Stallo, Racer X Online. What's up? 
Oh, just reading uh, Moser freaking uh, Ryan Brees out on just short. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it's uh, you know, he he digs deep into um, all the riders, you know, so. Well. Where I get my information from, man. Well, exactly. If you have any complaints, email the guy in the bottom, Jason Wygant. So exactly, uh, Chaser. I want to touch on two fifties with you. Um, so we had uh, Jesse Nelson win Anaheim one, Cooper Webb win uh, uh, Phoenix. Who's going to be the next first time winner in that class? Will we see one soon? What are we? What's going to happen there? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think you have three guys. I think you have Osborne, uh, Stewart, and Plessinger. You think Plessinger can win this year? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that I'm just saying that's who you're looking at. I'm not necessarily saying that's who's going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think the thumb injury with Osborne may hold him back a little bit, and then uh, I think we'll have to see with Mookie. So, I, you know, I, I don't see it like we did the first two rounds. Um, I thought that was kind of inevitable mm-hmm. with Nelson and Webb. Um, yeah. These other guys. Uh, let's wait and see. Um, so I don't. If it does happen, I don't think it happens. I think it happens maybe in Houston when we come back. Right. I was uh, I was looking at the the points and the, and the everything else for the two fifty class through the two rounds, and I do think Mookie can grab a win. Uh, he's but he's got to stay on the LCQs. Two in a row LCQs for him. Yeah, he's walking a thin line with that man. Um, yeah. But you know, he's been good. I mean. Without that crash, you know, of course we can always say that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Man, without that, man, he is, you know, and it's weird watching his, like, evolution. I mean, you remember him back in the Suzuki City days, just man, just widening everywhere, and, yeah. you know, nobody really thought that, you know, if he even wanted a pro career. Um, and, you know, he's really come a long ways from, you know, back then. So mm-hmm. I, I think he's probably the odds-on favorite to get it if there is going to be someone that, you know, yeah. third time, first winner. Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts on the series shaping up so far? What uh, Nelson leads the points. Oh, um, I think it's going to be down to Vegas. Um, it's going to be good, man. Because like, like we said, you know, at the beginning of the year, there's no really, you know, proven championship guy. I mean, Nelson's the first time he's ever had a red plate. Mm-hmm. Um, Webb's first win, you know, he did have that outdoor battle. Um you know, who else is in there? Osborne. You know, these guys aren't really, mm-hmm. like like we said, they're not Jason Anderson and Cole Seeley from last year. Um, yeah. The whole 250 class, if you think about it, a lot, you know, with, with uh, um, Bogle still there, and he's a veteran and defending champion, but uh, and Muscan. But other than those two guys, it's kind of like time for new blood a little bit. It's kind of a turnover. Yeah, it really is, man. It, it seems like we're really getting this these kind of newer guys or, you know, maybe two years in, but really haven't done, you know, enough. Um, and it's really kind of exciting because you don't really know who's, who's going, um, you know, going to pull this mm-hmm. out. That's why I think the 250 class this year may be the best, best classes to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Hey, what, what's your take on Bowers return to Supercross? And he's been good. Yeah. He's been good. I will say, I mean, he's been better than I thought he would be. Me too. Um, I think he's been a surprise. And, and I love his, uh, I love his, his bravado, man. He's just, <laughs> yeah. he's out there, man. And I, yeah. I like. It. I think we need more of that. I think right. we're highly sensitive sometimes um, in this sport, and you know, it's just not fun that way. You know, look at NASCAR, look at you know basketball, baseball, football. I mean, those guys, you know, yeah, they, they say what they want to say, um, yeah. which you know, you may not always agree with it, but hey, it's entertaining, you know. And I think right. that's generally what sports are: entertainment. Um, so we all just need to relax a little bit. Seven zero two five eight six pulp seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. You got a question on the uh, on the Supercross series uh, on the Fly Race and Moto sixty show presented by Nfab. Happy to take your call and uh, and uh, back with Chase Stallo from RacerX Online. Um, if you're Osborne Chaser, you got second in the first round. Your thumb's broken. You start second in Phoenix, and you basically drift to the back. Probably because of your broken thumb, and probably because you didn't ride all week. Um, when do you, when do you pull the plug, or do you just keep? I mean, you know, another round or two of sort of sixth place finishes, and he's out of this thing. You know, so what do you do? Yeah, it's a tough call, man. I mean, because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I totally agree that he should try. Um, 
you know, he's too close not to. Um, but I think if we get to that, you know, I think he should try to get to the break because then he could have surgery, um, depending on how bad the break is, you know, be out a couple weeks and still come back. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm sure a lot of it depends on, you know, team expectations, contracts, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, if he can stand the pain and it's not going to, you know, do further damage or even risk, you know, going out there and crashing and, you know, whatever. Um, You know, if he can try it, I say, why not? Um, You know, I think last week was probably the first round or the first race since he broke it, and it's going to be a little difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe he he learned something from that and can apply it to this week's time. We'll see. I mean, I think we'll kind of judge it after this round. We'll Mm -hmm. tell us a little more. But I think it was definitely – a factor last week. Yeah, no doubt. Hanny's return. Um, we saw him up front here and there at A two. Phoenix didn't go well for him. Um, what you what you make? What do you make on his return? Uh, I mean, it's been so so. Yeah. I mean, not. I thought he would be better. Uh, maybe that was just me being an idiot. Um, <laughs> but you know, he, he's been he's been fast. I mean, it, is it fitness? Is it the bike? I don't know. I, mean, I haven't spoke with him, so it's kind of mm-hmm. just you know. But he's the speed hasn't gone anywhere. Um, it's just putting that fifteen laps together. So I think we'll see him get better as the series goes along. Yeah, you know, I think he'll get a podium or maybe even a win before you know uh, mm-hmm. Houston. Right. Um, looking at the guys in the further back, uh, Lieb is qualified for both mains. He's eleventh in the points. Um, Cole Martinez is qualified for both mains, as is Scott Champion. Um, and Nico is, he's done both, but you know, he's further, he's had some troubles. He's finished further back, but there's certainly some guys like Alib or Tommy Hahn or Cole Martinez. They can maybe get in the top 10. Yeah. I mean, Alib for sure. Lee has been doing this for years. Um, you know, if, if you are playing Moto Dynasty fantasy, you want him near that, you know, 10 to 12 range. Um, mm-hmm. Martinez has been a more of a surprise and, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Tommy Hahn, I, you know, I think it's it's weird. I mean, it's been so long since he raced the 250 class. I don't think anybody really knew what to expect. So, um, you know, he's been good, though. I mean, 10th is, you know, that's about where I see him at. Yeah, it's tough to uh, to, to, to picture him much higher, huh? Um, the One of the guys I think has been a surprise and I've been impressed with, and I think he can get on the podium. I don't know if he can win, but he's sort of following the evolution of being a guy next year. McElrath, he's in shape. He's been riding well. He's you know come from the back a little bit. Eighteenth, eighth this past weekend in Phoenix. So, you know, and he's really taken that that kind of TLD route. Um, yeah, Seeley took it. Nelson took it. Um, Malcolm to a certain extent, where you know their guys they just seem to be really patient and let their guys develop. Mm-hmm. Um, which hey man, they they're getting yeah. it done. So look the, uh, know, I, the sorry to interrupt you the 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 Geico guys. Um, you know they did the same thing with Will Hahn. The Bogle certainly Bogle with all of his injuries, he could have been written off, and they stuck behind him, and they stuck behind Will Hahn, and the TLD guys stuck behind uh, McElrath through a few injuries, Nelson through some injuries, and they've been rewarded. You know it's a little bit of a lesson for some teams to realize that. You know, sometimes it uh, takes a little while. These guys are kids. These guys are 17, 18, 19 years old. Yeah, and, and even look at Rockstar with Jason Anderson. I mean, yeah. it wasn't too long ago they were sending him home. Um, you know, so, yeah. you know, I, you're right, man. A lot of these kids are 16 to 18 years old, first time ever having money, being on their own. Like, yeah. it, it's we put a lot on these guys. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think it's, Hey, maybe give it a year or two, see where he's going to go. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then now they now TLD too. They take care of the future a little bit with Sean Cantrell. Another yeah, and they yeah. got Justin Hoff as well. Um, yeah, who's a you know super fast kid. So you know, as we've seen, all these kids are kind of they're getting, or I'm sorry, all these teams are getting these kids earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we each had some on the site today about Flessinger, and it was kind of interesting. He was like, you know, Emming went to you know. He came pro and went as a privateer, and, and so did Ferry. Um, and, you know, now these kids are, yeah. you know, they're tapped at 13, 14 with rocks. Yeah. Um, yeah it's actually a little, good. I mean, it's uh, evolution, I guess. It's actually a little scary because 
you know, a guy like Adam Cincerillo signed a five-year deal when he was 13 or whatever, right? I mean, 12 years older, whatever it was, and he signed that five-year deal with, with Kawasaki and Pro Circuit. And you just and Geico has been poaching dudes, younger dudes, uh, every year. Uh, how far along? Because, you know, it's just an evolution of the OEMs trying to get one up on the next OEM and find the next guy. Eventually, the, the, you're going to get 10-year-olds getting locked up, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you probably will. I mean, you look at other sports like soccer and tennis, for example, and golf. They do the same stuff. I mean, they're poaching kids at putting them in their academy at five or six years old. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. I mean, and, you know, if you're a kid, you know, your parents probably need something. I mean, motocross is expensive, so the team's offering you to – you know, help pay for some of the costs, mm-hmm. it's hard to turn that down. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I agree it could could go the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Um, what about Plessinger? Have you been surprised? I have. I mean, I, I thought he would be, you know, 10 to 12. Yeah. And he's, man, he's closer to wow. three to four. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's just been so good. And, you know, if he doesn't – you know, he, he kind of has that woods racing background. Um, and he wasn't a big amateur until Loretta's a couple of years ago. He won a bunch of classes and star picked him up. Um, but yeah, I mean, then he went down to, I saw him at Daytona Supercross this year, um, the amateurs and man, he just killed it. Um, and then he went to arena cross and won, and then he went and won the monster cup. So, I mean, maybe we shouldn't be that surprised. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, and and he seems like he's the new evolution of these guys getting a lot more Supercross time in, um, where there's not that big of a gap for rookies. You know what I mean? Where they're riding Arena Cross, they're riding Daytona Amateur Supercross, they're riding the Monster Cup, um, Minios. You know, where they're just they're yeah. coming in way more prepared than yeah. you know, maybe a couple couple years ago. Is there um, is there a team or is there a team? Uh, uh, is there a team in the pits that has turned it around more than star racing has the last few years? Well, it's funny. We were, uh, Scotty, um, Jeremy Martin's old mechanic has this. Scotty Atkins. Yeah. Yeah. He has this new business here in Morgantown of, you know, training mechanics to, um, basically be put on team started a couple months ago. So we, mm-hmm. we got that by there today and we were talking about that. And, you know, it just made me think about how far stars come. I meant, was a couple of years ago. Well, I wouldn't say the laughing stock, but yeah, I don't you know, know if I mean, I go they that got far, criticized right. for dumping riders too soon or, or whatever it may be. But man, you look at them now and they look like one of the best teams in the pit. Yeah. Um, even Anthony Rodriguez, who I don't know much about, and he hasn't raced a whole bunch when he's not crashing, he's got some potential cause he's got speed. Oh, he's fast. I yeah. Mean, he missed his last year of amateurs with a torn ACL, so mm-hmm. I think that's why people may not know who he is. Right. But, man, he is – he's on it. It's just can he stay upright. Um, yeah. He hadn't proven that so far, but uh, we'll, we'll see this year, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they got – and they, they're all locked in. I mean, yeah. Webb, and, yeah. Webb and Martin are locked in for, I think, another year or two. So, um, good things to come from that team. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Um Hey, switching to 450 class, we covered a little bit with JT, but let's get some of your thoughts on it too. Um, the Rocks and Tomac thing that Wygant wrote about on Racer X this week, we talked about on the Pulp Show too. They've led all the laps in the main event. They've been Eli's been the fastest qualifier. Um, Kenny's Kenny's been certainly super fast. Uh, the evidence is showing us that we're seeing two guys rise above, and every time they hit the track. Well, it's, you know, we, we have to be careful with these things. I mean, we're in a business where we talk about the now, um, you know, where it's easy to, I mean, we were just talking about five winners a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, we have to be careful not to pronounce something after two races. Um, but if you look at these guys' track record, I mean, it's hard not to kind of look towards the future and see what we may have. Um mm-hmm. It, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think if you're Ryan Dungey, you're probably going, man, mm-hmm. I, I need to do something here. Um, at least just to break their rhythm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you don't want to get let Roxon get off to a one, two, one, two, 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 three start. Um, he's just going to keep rolling. Yeah. 
So I think if you're Dungy, but, you need to – or Kennard or Millsaps or any of these guys, I mean, you need to somehow break his momentum. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, whether that's a pass or, a, you know, a shove in the corner or whatever it may be. Because right. um, he is just clicking right now, and so is Tomac. So, yeah. I, you know, I think these next couple rounds will be interesting. I uh, Obviously, Dunge doesn't call me to discuss race strategy with him. Like that's I, a you surprise. Know. I know. No, it's a big shocker. But honestly, if I think from knowing Ryan, watching him race, I don't think he is not going to try to push it to beat these guys. If they beat him at the end of 17 weeks, then he, he will tip his visor to him, and that'll be it. But um, um, I think that Dunge is going to go with the strategy of, hey, I'm here every week. I'm going to take wins when I can. I don't see Ryan pushing the limits to try to beat the two kids. I can see Canard uh, doing that, and I can see Anderson letting it hang out. But to me, Ryan's Ryan's uh, weakness is his strength. He's just going to always be there, you know. Yeah, I mean, so. it's kind of the same old story. Um, but you're right. I mean, you brought up another good point, though. Like, let's not forget about Jason Anderson, um, who's young in a you know first year and killing it. Like, he could be the next thing. So, it, I, I hate to say this after two rounds. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I think those guys are are the future. Are they going to be, you know, yeah. Reed Stewart where nobody's touching them? I think it's too early to say that. Chase, we um, get paid to make wild accusations and, and, and create <laughs> drama. We do. We do. And, and I'll feel comfortable making it if, you know, by yeah. round five, yeah, yeah. on one, two. Um, <laughs> right. It, it's been two rounds, and, you know, Tomac crashed out the first round. So, let's, you know. Let's back up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know, for sure. Well, the only thing is, is like besides the main events, uh, time practices don't lie either, you know, and they've been one, two, and every one except for one where Dunge squeezed in there. So, Yeah, I mean, like I said, they are the future. I just don't know who else is going to be part of it. Future headlines. Are yeah, no, future I'm headlines. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's looking that way. Let's not – Let's not write off the Chad Reeds and Davey Millsaps and, and Canards yet. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it's just way too early. I mean, especially Dungy, man. I mean, we, we say this every year, and when it comes right down to it, he's there with four rounds to go. So, yeah. you know, it, his strategy, like, it feels like with Dungy, we, we harp on him about this terrible strategy. Well, he's always there. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. like, why, you know, it, it's easy, I think, to pick on Dungy's weaknesses, but it's, if you look at his strengths, man, he's in every single championship, outdoors and in. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's easy to, you know, we need to give him credit for that as well. Right, right. Um, how's the uh, Racer X uh, fantasy, Moto Dynasty thing coming along? You're leading well, the Racer winning, X. Yeah, you're, you're leading, so you got to be pretty stoked about that. Going well for me. I'm making a big <laughs> push, bro. I'm coming on, so. Yeah, hey, you picked up a lot of a lot of points last week. No, it's going well, and you know we're doing the the whole fantasy preview each week, which yeah, hopefully people are reading and you know learning. And man, it's it's fun. Um, as you know, man, we we're big fantasy football players, so yeah, and I've seen it, you know, that take off and really provide you know interest in games that you may not have in, had interest in before. Yeah. Um, so you know, if if the championships out of contention in St. Louis. Well, hey, you got fantasy to hang out with. Yeah. So, well, um, um, and also too, let's not forget we're the JT and I doing the NFAB Racer X Moto Dynasty podcast show. Yes, so. I've listened to those; they're good. Yeah. Th- oh, thanks. Yeah, we we try to cover it. You know, basically try to cover all the different leagues and and uh, try to. Pe- have, I mean, it's it is part of the fun for sure. Although you know, I've already had some riders tell me that you know they're they don't really like getting accosted on their Twitter feeds for. You know, not coming through for fantasy uh, purposes. So I can see welcome, where this is going to go. Welcome to I know every other league, <laughs> right? I know. Welcome to 2015 and, and how, how. Yeah, how. I mean, well, and it's I, I had actually had something. I don't know if you read it, but we do the word on every week where I just kind of pick something I read this week and mm-hmm. you know, kind of just point it out to people. And, and D'Angelo Williams um, of the Panthers had yeah. a had a really cool article you should check out that kind of mentions Twitter and, and all mm-hmm. this stuff and, you know, how he just gets hit up and, you know, it's just, it's really interesting and it, it kind of brings to the forefront, like, how bad some of this stuff can get. Right, um, right. So. Well, good. Uh, thanks, Chaser. Thanks for coming on the Fly Race and Moto 60s show presented by NFAB. Uh, good good, t- good, uh, good talk. Looking forward to Anaheim 2 this weekend, round three 
the Monster Energy Supercross Series. Um, lots to talk about, and uh, we're just getting going, man. So thanks for coming on, though. Yeah, no problems. Anytime, man. All right, see ya. All right, see ya. That's uh, Jay Stella, everybody. Uh, pumped, to, uh, pumped to have him on. Uh, thanks to who won the gear bag? Tits, Chris? Was it? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Thanks, thanks. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Fly. Thanks to NFAB. Thanks to you guys. Great calls this week. Uh, lots of listeners, uh, people enjoying this show. Now that the Supercross Series has been kicking back up. Lots to talk about. Um, so, yeah, stay here. Thursdays, noon Pacific, each and every week before the Supercross Series. We appreciate it. Thanks, Tits. Yep. See everybody next weekend.